Today's episode is brought to you by the She Leads Podcast Network, the first network for women by women. Visit SheLeadsPodcast.com to learn more today. Welcome to the Creative Visionaries Podcast. My name is Tori Barker, a digital marketing specialist, business owner, mom, and you guessed it, a creative visionary. This podcast is about inspiring business owners, building connections, sharing success stories, and motivating others. Join me on this journey as we tap into your true potential and unleash your inner visionary. Hey everyone, thank you so much for joining us again on the Creative Visionaries podcast. Today, I have the pleasure of introducing you to our guest, George Morris. George is the founder of G. Morris Coaching. Uh, George has over 25 years of entrepreneurial experience, primarily in the tech and marketing space. He's a former president of the Entrepreneurs Organization in the Colorado chapter, a Techstars alumni, TEDx Boulder organizer, and now a certified scaling up coach where he helps companies 10x their growth by reducing organizational debt. George, welcome on. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah, there's a lot of gray hairs to show for that stuff too. (laughs) (laughs) Well worth it, right? Uh, Yeah, I think so. (laughs) Yeah, I am. Well, happy to be on the show. Uh, you know, I guess my story is I've been in this entrepreneurial world for basically my whole life, my whole adult life. Um, made some really great moves along the way, made some really bad mistakes as well that I'm happy to share. Uh, you know, I had a digital agency for so many years, about 14 years where I had that, grew that. Um, the way that got handed off in terms of me exiting and the company, you know, going south after 14 years, I can tell a great story about that. But um, you know, I've been around the entrepreneurs this whole time and just watch the struggles, the successes and like being one of them and being in the circle of them. I love entrepreneurs. Um, we define our own rules. We do things that we want to do. And I truly believe that entrepreneurs are the secret to change and evolution as a people, as a society. I don't believe it's the government that does that. I believe it's entrepreneurs that are doing that. We're always the ones breaking the rules and making something new up. (laughs) That's good. Sometimes breaking the rules is how you break through change, right? Absolutely, without a doubt. (laughs) So your company, G. Morris Coaching, uh, you're a certified scaling up coach. So tell us about what is uh, scaling up and what that program looks like and just kind of let us know what you do. Yeah, um, I'll give you a little bit of backstory. So being part of the entrepreneurs organization, it's a group of entrepreneurs for entrepreneurs, totally um, like a nonprofit organization that everyone kind of helps each other. Everybody has to be at at least at a million dollars in revenue to be a member. So you've achieved a certain level of success before you can get into the group. The group was founded by a guy named Vern Harnish, who's a very successful entrepreneur. And Vern created EO because he wanted to create an environment where entrepreneurs could get really vulnerable and share their highs and lows with each other. And he successfully did that. And in the process, he created a thing that he called uh, the Rockefeller Habits. It was like these tools or these practices that entrepreneurs could adopt to make their businesses run better. He grew that over the years. Uh, At one point, it was called Gazelles. And then... um, while I was in EO, one of the other members, a guy named Gino Wickman, created a system called EOS Traction. And EOS Traction was based on the work that Vern did for um, Gazelle's Rockefeller Habits. 
and he found a lot of success and traction in the EO community. And now I know a lot of entrepreneurs outside of that community that use EOS traction to grow their businesses. It's like a methodology, a, a business operating system, if you will. And yeah, so I'm actually reading that book right now. <laughs> oh, you are. Yeah. I'd yeah. love to hear. I'd love to hear what you think of it. What do you, what have, what do you think of it so far? Oh yeah. It's phenomenal. I think, um, it's really putting things into perspective. I'm, I'm kind of like right through the first, first part of it. Yep. And, um, I'm like dog earing every page, highlighting yeah. all the stuff. And I'm just like, Oh my gosh, how I got to think back on how I started my business, built my business. And now what I need to do to unwind certain things, yes. right? Like, okay, let's, let's reposition this. Let's think about this in a different way. And mm -hmm. so it's, I'm like hooked. I love it. <laughs> that, that, that's exactly why I'm doing what I'm doing because I got hooked. I loved it. When I had my agency, we tried doing the Rockefeller habits for a while and I found it at the time too complex. I tried to self implement it in my company and that was a terrible mistake, like great lesson, but terrible mistake. And then later, you know, eight years later, when we actually started using traction in one of the companies I was working with, it just worked so well. I got it. Everything started to click. And so I helped that company go through to get, a, uh, get acquired last July, uh, actually last a year ago, January is when it got acquired. Um, I exited from that acquisition last July and I was going to go out and start a whole new business on the blockchain. I was like, I'm excited about the blockchain. My background's in tech. I'm going to build an educational blockchain play. And I had a variety of entrepreneurial friends that came back to me and they're like, no, 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 no. Slow down, George. Slow down. Don't go starting another business. We really think you should go be a coach. And I'm like, oh, coach. And I had some stigma tied to the term coach. And um, they came back and they're like, well, how about we just call you an implementer? Are you better with implementer? I'm like, yeah, yeah, I can, I can, I can take on the word implementer. So, well, it's like in the book Rocket Fuel, where he uh, talks about the visionary and the implementer. Yes. Or integrator. Yep. Yeah. So yep. Same concept. Similar. Yeah. Same concept. And when I when I yeah. came out, someone's like, go check out Scaling Up. I'm like, what, what's this Scaling Up thing that you talk about? And they're like, well, it's Rockefeller Habits, Gazelles. Back in the day, they rebranded it to Scaling Up. I'm like, oh, I remember that. I completely failed at doing that myself. And <laughs> So let's try again, yeah, try again. But this time I'm going to get educated. So I went through, I got certified in the process of doing it. And now what I, what I coach with my clients is a hybrid model. You know, I, I, I've stolen from traction. They have this practice of an L 10, uh, in scaling up, it's called like a, a weekly executives meeting. And oh, yeah. they do a pretty good job at that in scaling up traction does a really good job at the L 10 and the accountability and the time constraints of the L10. Um, but I feel like traction kind of falls short on some of the strategy elements and the cash elements that are really strong in scaling up. So what I do is I, I'm a scaling up coach and scaling up allows you to have this vast toolbox that you go to a client with and say, oh, I'm gonna use the wrench for this, I'm gonna use a screwdriver for that. And you can yeah. adapt the tool set to the client's needs where traction now is more pure, right? It's this is the way that things are done. And you know, that, that doesn't work for me. Other coaches that may work for. So I'm more fluid and adaptable to what the clients are looking for. I love that. You know, I, um, I run my own digital marketing company oh, and yeah. a lot of people are like, 
oh, what's your packages? What's your services? And right. I'm like, well, it, it doesn't really work that way. Like, I can't have, like, package A, B, and C because not everybody fits into those molds, right? right. So it's all unique and it's all personalized, obviously within the, you know, parameters of certain types of marketing and certain, you know, services and that sort of thing. But the same concept where you personalize it to who you're working with. Yes. And I think that that people are more receptive. People um, find that it works better when you do it that way, because obviously it's personalized. It's meant yes. for that person. So, yes. And it's, yeah. I, I think we, we all tend to like want to put things in boxes because they're easier to understand. Mm -hmm. And then we start with the box and we're like, okay, well, this box doesn't quite work for me. What can you do to tweak it? Right? Like, what can you do yeah. to make it better? And the, the personalized, personalized way to get is the way to go in my book. Yeah. And so now you work with um, high executives um, with companies that they're looking to grow or how, what's Yeah, absolutely. Uh, to me, the, the ideal client that I work with is the entrepreneur that has grown the company to the point or the, the president has grown it to a point where it's kind of hitting the ceiling. It's kind of bumping up against something. Um, and the ideal person I'm working with is, for me, the founders who have come to the conclusion that what got them here isn't going to get them there, right? That they've hit some kind of wall and they want to move from working in the business to working on the business, right? Yeah. Um, and they have the intellectual humility to step back and say, I'm probably not the person to do this. How can I bring in some outside help so that the, yeah. together, myself and the team, we can get to where we need to go? Yeah. You know, it's, it's, um, identifying the roadblocks and yeah. sometimes finding that you are the roadblock. <laughs> um, yeah. And it's, most it's times you are the roadblock. I, yeah. I am the roadblock in this section here. And you know, yeah. there's this opportunity we need to get there. How do we do that? And so asking those questions and finding the right people. And I think all entrepreneurs come to that point, whether they pass that you know, threshold, mm -hmm. or if they stay where they are or close their business or just go to being solopreneur, it's, you know, depending on how, how things move forward from that point. Yep. And so, um, when you're working with these people, I'm sure you have met a whole slew of different yep, absolutely. people. Absolutely. What do you think makes up uh, a great leader from your experience and the people that you've been working with, what are those qualities that make a good leader? Yeah, I will, I guess let's come up with three of them, right? Like three qualities that come top of mind. Um, to me, a great leader is someone who's going to be removing roadblocks for the people that they're leading, right? Um, and so I try to work with my founders, the, the leaders, the present CEOs that I'm working with. I try to reorient their thought um, from basically micromanaging or having their hands in the pot of everything that's going on to building trust with the team and building trust is, is a, is a two way road, right? They have to communicate what they need to have trust. Absolutely. And then the person they're communicating to has to show up and be accountable for receiving that trust and building that trust. Like it, it's got to work both ways. And, you know, the, the, the great leader is going to go in there and say, hey, Tori, you know, I, I asked you to do this. Am I clear? Did you understand it? Do you know what success looks like to actually go through with this? Um, is there anything that you're um, nervous about or you, you're feeling unprepared for that I can help you with? So we're going to have that kind of dialogue 
And as you're going through and doing the thing that I'm entrusting you to do, I'm going to keep checking in with you. How can I, how can I help you? Have sure. you ran into any roadblocks along the way that and, I can know, help you remove? Trust is one of my core values and for my to me, that's the number one attribute of a great team, leader. Trust within the clients that I work with. Yep. Um, only sets you up for success. Yeah, there's a great book. Um, if you're, I don't know if you're familiar with Patrick Lencioni's uh, Five Dysfunctions of a Team. So that's a great book to read. Uh, it really looks at like the high performing teams. Like what do you need to have to be a high performing team? And you think of it as a pyramid. And the bottom, yeah. the bottom thing, the, the bottom dysfunction is trust. You got to have trust. If you don't have trust, you're not going to get to these other levels of a highly functioning team. And yeah. um, so Patrick Lencioni has built a, a fantastic a system and a way of thinking around the idea of building higher functioning teams on trust. Yep. Uh, the other one I would say is intellectual humility, right? Someone who is confident in their skill, but also uh, isn't bringing a lot of ego to the game. You know, they can be confident uh, that they they can lead in a particular area, but they also have that humility to say, I may not have the answer. In fact, I probably don't have the answer or I only have one of the myriad of answers. How can I be curious to work with my team so that my team can step up and my team can start leading with ideas. You know, I think the one that, uh, that really has that in my book throughout history, the most iconic one is Abraham Lincoln, you know, yeah. where he built that team of rivals, right? Like, and I don't have all the answers. I want leader, you guys you to debate amongst yourself. I want to watch the discord and that's how I'm going to learn. That's how I'm going to grow. Yeah, the final quality for a leader to me is hiring better people than them. Um, you know, there's, there's something to be said about the leader that thinks they are the best and they want to build a team of people that can learn from them. And they feel like it's their role to teach everyone under yeah. them how great they are. Uh, the, the best leaders are the ones that say, I'm building a team of people that yeah. are going to be superior to me all across the board. And I'm going to sit back and let them do their job. And I think that's the thing, like a lot of times entrepreneurs especially if they're from the early stages as they grow the company they have derived a certain level of value from growing the company over time and all the things that they do and it's really hard for them to let go and say run with yeah. this because inherently for them it means you know, think, they are not you know, as valuable uh, anymore makes me think about different types and they of take an ego hit it's hard for them to do that. who are business owners and entrepreneurs who are owners, right? The people who have the skill. And mm -hmm. so I think the ones who come with the skill, not necessarily the business mind, sure. that's where they are uh, challenged because it's, it's, you know, getting out of the way, letting the business grow and not having that ego take over. Like, well, I can do everything and I know how to do this. This is my mm -hmm. business. And so, um, yeah, it's just interesting. Yeah. When I think about it, people, right. you know, there's different types of entrepreneurs with those different mindsets. And so, yeah, it's just interesting to hear you kind of outline the, the great leader and, and who that really qualifies for. Yeah. And, and also when you say about getting out of the way, I think a key True. point in that is this idea of being really clear about what you're getting in the way of and delegating that. Uh, you know, I made a terrible, terrible mistake. <laughs> One of my many terrible mistakes as a as an entrepreneur, I've had lots of good ones too, but you know, I, I balance it. 
you know, I, there was a time where I was going through a particular rough patch in my relationship. You know, I, we were going through a separation that was led to a divorce eventually. And I had my head so far up my butt that I wasn't paying attention to work and what needed to be done in the office. So I got to a point where I took the entire sales responsibility, which was always on me for many years. And I just shoved that over to our sale, our, our new hire that was in charge of sales. I didn't outline success. I didn't outline, um, you know, any metrics around that. I just said, here, take it. Because for me, I couldn't focus on that. When we look back, it's always that 2020 vision that we look back with. And one of the things I realized in my entrepreneurial journey is that years would go by after I made a decision and years would go by and I would second guess that decision and I would look at it in a different light because the time and environment and myself, we all changed. And what I realized is that I got to stop doing that. What I needed to do was to journal. So I've built a journaling practice, which every day for the last nine years, I've never missed a day. I journal. And so I will go back and look at a decision that I made as an entrepreneur and I'll read about why I made that decision. And I, I often will say, if it's a big decision in my journal, I'll say, I am making this decision based on the information I have now and my current state. I believe this is the best decision. So then five years will go by and I'll come back and look at that journal entry. And I have a different way of looking at it now. But then I look at myself at that point. I'm like, yeah, you did. You you made the best decision you had at that time. So so we've talked about leaders. Now let's talk about the other side, the team that uh, the, the leader is mm-hmm. working with. So how do you gauge an A play mm. a player on the team? Do you, I mean, cause I'm sure a lot of companies have a team mm-hmm. and you know, they get to a certain point where either that, that team's not serving them well, or they've outgrown that team. How do you identify those A players and the, and the key, uh, team players on your, uh, in an organization? Yeah, I'll answer that in two different ways. Um, so the the formalized way of doing that is a process called top grading by Brad Smart. And top grading really goes through and it evaluates and filters out for those A players using a methodology, right? So you're looking at a couple different things. And when you're going through top grading, it's more on the interview process side. So before anyone comes into the company, you're looking and you're screening for certain values. And it's also a, um, it's also like a paired uh, interview process. So two people are interviewing the interviewee and one is asking questions. The other one's taking notes and observing the situation. You're filtering for criteria and it actually requires the interviewee yeah. to put a lot of time and effort into the interview process. Mm-hmm. That itself is an A player qualification. If somebody is not willing to put in the time and energy to go through the top grading process with you, they're not going to put the time and energy into building a, a quality team for your company. So top grading is a way it, it's, it's, it's kind of soft ways that I look for a players is the same thing that I'm looking for in a leader because your, your top players, you want them to be leaders of the team. You want everybody to develop an essence of leadership throughout the company, even if they're working on from an accountability chart, the lowest area of the chart, you want them to be leaders. And to me, you got to look for things like accountability, that they take on accountability and they don't try to point the finger um, or dodge, dodge the accountability. 
And if I'm on a call with a team, and uh, you, usually as I start an engagement, I can smell which members of the team are not yeah. A players. You see it right away in the team. So, you know, you'll see things like um, we give people rocks. Yep. And so a rock <laughs> is like this goal that now that you're doing traction, you know what I'm talking about. A 90-day run of something that's meaty that you're making progress on. Yeah. You're putting in at least four hours a week to move this thing forward. So when we go through and we're doing our weekly check-ins, if there's an executive on the team that is constantly coming back and saying, I didn't get my rock done right. this week. I didn't make progress on my rock because of blah, blah, blah. Okay, I'll give you an excuse week yeah. one. Week two, mm, now you're raising a flag for me. By week three, we're now going to have a deep conversation yeah. as to why you're not making this a priority. And I want to hear all of the right. bullshit reasons you're going to give me for not getting this done. And, and that to me highlights right there, they are a B player or a C player. They're not an A player. The A player will come back and answer that to say, yeah. I got this done. I made this progress and I feel that this was adequate progress or I feel this was yeah. inadequate progress and they own it. And they don't go looking around the team and saying, it was Tori's fault. Tori didn't get me what she needed to get done. So I didn't get my piece done. And that's so true. And I'll use the sports analogy, you know, when I'm working with my teams and I'll say things like, okay, so in the role of say an orchestrator, integrator, the top person that's kind of moving it all together beneath the, the founder or the president, yeah. um, I always look at them as the quarterback and I'll say to the team, like, we have a playbook and our playbook is our quarterly plan. What are we going after in this quarterly plan in our playbook? Yeah. And you, as the director of sales, you're running a route yeah. and I know you're running out 10 yards. You're going to hook left towards the center. I'm going to throw the ball and you're going to be there. Yeah. And it's just like you see, you see it in the NFL. I'm, I'm a huge Philadelphia Eagles fan. I, I, I'm from the Philadelphia area. And as a kid growing up, I used to watch Terrell Owens, who was a fantastically gifted wide receiver, yeah. but in a lot of ways was not a team player. <laughs> and so you would see him go after a ball. And if he didn't catch the ball, it immediately was he's running back to Donovan McNabb, pointing his finger, yelling at him. If he caught the ball, he was doing a dance in the end zone like he's the, he, yeah. you know, he's the shit. And, <laughs> of course. And, yeah, because like I caught the ball. It's like, yeah, but when you missed it, the receivers that I've always admired are the ones that missed the catch, and they walk back and they tap their chest. Yep. It's, my on bad, my bad. it's on me. It's on me. My bad. I, I didn't run the route. I didn't show up. I didn't do what I needed to do. Awesome. You take accountability because with accountability, you can do something about yeah. it. If you're not going to be accountable, you, you're telling me you can't do anything about it. Mm -hmm. So am I going to trust you as a teammate Seriously, that that's... you don't think you can do better? <laughs> yeah. I mean, so, you know, you can look from the outside perspective and looking in and you see these things so clearly, right? Mm -hmm. Like when you're watching a football game and you see the players and you can see those ones who are, you know, uh, team players and stuff like that. And so, you know, it's interesting to, to turn inward into a business and look within your business and, and be mindful of that. And, you know, use outside sources like you and your coaching to, to help identify those blinders that you may have of uh, B players that aren't um, leveling up and how you get there. And so, yeah, it's yep, absolutely. people like you are, are integral to the entrepreneurial business owner. <laughs> you know, I, I always will say to people, um, it's hard to read the label when you're inside the jar. 
right? And so when you're in the company, you can't see it yep. with as much clarity and detachment as I can. You know, when I walk in, I'll see it. Well, yeah. I want to ask one final question. And so that would be three tips that you can share with the audience um, that mm. will help them grow. Okay. You, three tips to help them grow. Um, <laughs> I think the first tip that pops up to mind is being clear on the fundamentals. And, uh, you know, look at John Wooden as a great example, a basketball coach. You know, when he would bring his teams in the beginning of the beginning of the season, he would go through with all of them and say, this is how you tie your shoelaces. And this is how you dribble a basketball. And these are like world-class athletes he's talking to. Um, and what, what his emphasis was yeah. is the practice, right? Like the very basic fundamentals. And I feel like so many companies get so caught up in these complexities that drain us. And my job really as a coach, and, I, and, I, and I, this is what I do, it's not magic. I just come into a company and I help them focus on the very basic principles, the fundamentals. Because as a company grows, it kind of, I think of it as like a ship and it starts to build like these barnacles on the outside that slow it down. I'm just coming up and help them clip off the barnacles so they move a little quicker. So getting really clear on the fundamentals and like, what are we best yeah. at? What are we really good at? And what do we need to eliminate that's a distraction to us? You know, I think that's, that's a huge piece. The other piece is the delegation. Um, you know, if you're looking around a team and you're saying, what are all the things that we're doing? Generally, the team members are all going to come back and say, I'm busy. I'm busy. I'm too busy. Right. I can't take this on. OK, great. Then let's have a serious conversation yeah. about what are you busy on? What are you busy doing? And we're going to go through and we're going to look at, well, these are the things I'm doing at the top of the business. Um, and this is what I'm really good at. So I'll have them go through an exercise and I'll say, uh, let's build a quadrant. And on the quadrant, we're going to have one axis is going to say, this is what I love. And on the other side, this is what I hate. On the next axis, on the vertical axis, we're going to say, this is what I'm great at. This is what I'm not so great at. And I want you to write down what it is that you're working on on a daily basis and which yeah. quadrant does it fit in. And then as a team, I want you to look at the quadrants and I want you to see what overlap is there. So if I have something that I don't love doing and I'm not good at, it really should not be on my plate. But so, so for me, that would be bookkeeping. <laughs> I hate yeah. bookkeeping. Yeah. Suck at it. Hate it. Same. Should never be doing bookkeeping. <laughs> and there were people on my team that were like, oh, bookkeeping, pass it to me. I love it. It's my favorite thing in the world. Awesome. Here you go. Take it. And then on the flip side, they may be saying, talking to customers. I hate right, talking right. to customers. Pass it to me. I, I love that. Give it to me. So it allows you to get really clear on who's doing what. And, and, and I yeah, think that, yeah. that fundamental piece is, is another piece. Um, and, and keep track of me. That was two, right? I gave you two on that one? Yeah. Okay, uh, and the third piece is get really clear about the accountability and who owns what. So often things, things are said and done in meetings and there's assumptions being made and no one really sits down and says, okay, what's the next step? And so that's a really common practice with me is to sit down with the team and said, okay, we made a decision. Yeah. Who owns the decision? What are the next steps? And what do we expect? 
It's a really simple exercise, but so often you'll go through and you'll see like a team talk about an idea. They're like, oh, cool, we made some decisions and yeah, we came to agreement. Cool, next subject. And it's like, and like those three things right there, they'll make a, they'll make a fundamental yeah. difference to how the company yeah. operates. It's just those three things. Coach or no coach. <laughs> Listen yeah. to you, I feel like I, I've just uh, read a summary of a book right? Like all the books that, I, yeah. <laughs> that I've read, I'm like, everything yeah. just comes together. I'm like, well, oh, this is like, just like a cliff notes for the books that, you know, you're reading. So I think everyone will find um, a little piece of uh, value and, and inspiration and guidance with all that you've shared. Uh, you've given us so much uh, information and, and bestowed your wisdom on us. So I um, appreciate your time and, and thank you for being on, on the podcast. Yeah, happy to be on the podcast, and I'm always there if people have questions. You know, up on my site, I have a, a WhatsApp link. Uh, so if anybody wants to hit me up on chat and they just want to ask me a few questions here and there, happy to happy to answer them, happy to move them along. To me, again, entrepreneurs change the world. So if I can help anybody out to move them forward, I'm here. Awesome. And then um, tell us where you want people to visit you, social media, website. What's the best way to get a connect? Yeah, just hit my website. It's just gmorris.com, George Morris. So it's just gmorris.com. And I got all my socials and stuff on there. If people care about that, they can go ahead and jump on that. But otherwise, they can take a look there. If they want to reach out, there's plenty of ways to reach out to me. And I'll get back to everybody. Awesome. George, thank you so much for being on the podcast. It's been a pleasure. Um, I've taken back some nuggets for myself. I'm going to have to re-listen to the episode and, you know, jot down my notes and, and uh, just appreciate the time and you sharing all of your knowledge with us. Well, Tori, thank you so much. I appreciate talking to you and uh, good luck with your agency too. Thanks so much for listening to the Creative Visionaries podcast. If you've enjoyed this episode, make sure you subscribe, leave us a review, or share with a friend. Also, make sure to visit us online at creativevisionariespodcast.com. You can also follow us on Facebook, Instagram, or LinkedIn. And stay tuned for more episodes to come. And remember, it's time to tap into your true potential and unleash your inner visionary.